plus South Africa podcast. Uh, we are recording from a gay bar here in Pretoria because I've always felt that conversations with utter silence in the background seems awkward and unnatural. So you might hear some background sounds and music just to have a bit of atmosphere in our chat. Uh, if you listen to the trailer, then you would know that my name is Marinus and we're speaking on labels and lingo today. So with regards to that, I identify as male and I'm bisexual. Got my guest here, Mr. Grant Towers. Hello, Marinus. Welcome, Grant. Thank you Thank that you, you uh, are doing this with me. Yeah. So the point of, of this podcast is to get a diverse opinion of certain topics. So we're going to have some young people, some older people, some bears, some twinks, some uh, twonks is a thing also. Mm, it's a thing. <laughs> and today we're talking about labels and lingo with all of that being said. So introduce yourself. What do you do? Who are you? Where do you fit into the alphabet mafia? <laughs> well, I am Grant Towers. I am a low-key prostitute, i.e. <laughs> an actor. Um, I'm a full-time actor in South African industry, uh, mostly doing musical theatre and such. And if you want to talk about letters and rainbow colours, um, I guess I would describe myself as a bear. Um, yeah, I think that's just the broadest one, that's the easiest one to go with. Okay. Let's say I am a bear, a grizzly bear. <laughs> See, there'll be an episode on bears specifically because even that is a topic of discussion. Mm. What is a bear? Mm. You know, and there are many opinions on that, so we'll get into that eventually. And then when it comes to, to orientation, would you be a gay bear? I would be, yeah. I would say mostly a gay bear. Mostly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I identified it a lot. I identified a lot as gay when I was much younger. Um, but now I'm starting to realize the fluidity of sexuality and although I think I'd only ever um, enjoy relations with men in my lifetime, <laughs> um, I do would say have an appreciation for the female form, um, but it would be like a 95-5% split if, if I'd have to put numbers to it. Okay, yeah. okay. Well... I'm sure you're familiar with the Kinsey scale yes. of bisexual orientation. So with, with that, you would probably fall on like a five. So almost totally gay, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. where I'm split in the middle on the three, mm, mm, mm. both ways 50-50. You know, every, <laughs> every night is dating night. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The, the biggest perk is like songs. I don't even have to change the gender of who I'm singing to in songs, you know, <laughs> all applicable. Um, but that's also something we'll get into when we focus on bisexuality specifically is the Kinsey scale and, and how that works. But already we're running into some difficulty with definitions, like mm. ourselves just in this conversation. Mm. Um, and that's why I think it's important to get different people's views on what labels and the, the lingo within the community is and whether we need it or we don't need it 
and if it's damaging or if it's healthy mm. you know like you say you're a bear and some people might have different definitions of what that is yeah. and then immediately make a snap judgment on what kind of person you are based mm. on the fact that you identify as a bear and they might have had you know bad experience with with bears yeah um, so the question then becomes do you feel it is it's part of your identity or do you feel it's actually something that that causes division in communities to have these labels of you know twinks and twonks and bears and otters and mm. etc well it's it's a double-edged sword really um, uh, we live in a hundred percent intersectional society um, and we also live in a world where um, we're dominated by patriarchal and hegemonical thinking um, so a need for labels has arisen out of the need of people to be able to identify and feel safe within a specific group of people mm. um, and in fact it, it's it also becomes helpful for people when they want to navigate social spaces and trying to find out where they can find people who it won't be a problem if they identify as a certain grouping or subculture within the LGBT community. Mm. Um, indeed, we do sit with preconceived ideas of what we think a bear or... or gay person or a twink or a lesbian or those type of things to be um, and I think that's something that's naturally human but in terms of the label itself um, I see it more as a thing of it should be a departure point um, it shouldn't be the main point of conversation mm -hmm. um, it's indeed helpful for me um, like say when I'm on Facebook and I'm back in the diesel when I used to be able to tour, um, if I'd go to different countries, then I would, for instance, search for social groupings in those countries. And then it's helpful to be able to look for, say, like the New Zealand bears. Yeah. Um, if because you want to hang with like-minded people. Yeah. So Because you already feel like even though they are strangers, you've never met them before, mm. there is a point of contact and a familiar topic yeah. that you both identify with and then you can start like you say a departure point from there yeah. and build a friendship um, but it's not like it's your you know, yeah. everything like it's all that you are yeah you can't base yourself completely on a label because then then you start entering into troubling territory um, like I sought myself and I'm sure you did as well to a certain degree um, a few years back when like when, when I came into adulthood, when I was like 21, 22, I'd never heard of the term of a bear. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as I started interacting with other individuals outside of my hometown of Whitbank and coming to the big city of Pretoria, mm. um, I eventually started learning about the labels and the subcultures and stuff like that. And it did definitely help to be able to go to a bears gathering mm. and for instance know that um, first of all my body type isn't going to be an issue Yeah, um, it's not going to be something that people immediately 
are not going to talk to me because I don't fit their criteria. Yeah, yeah the exclusion yeah. because the criteria isn't met yeah, of and what that label is supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I also find that um, a big thing for, for gay men, especially younger gay men, is we're sort of still in the grips of hormones and puberty, if you will. Um, and I knew I fell into the trap for many years of only speaking to to people that I maybe get lucky with, mm. uh, to be perfectly honest. And I mean, now that I'm a bit older and the Why hormones have <laughs> subsided somewhat, yeah, um, I'm starting to realize that navigating your social circles with specifically just that goal in mind really limits your experience and and just basically you if if I can use the metaphor of like the rainbow colors of the flag you're experiencing LGBT culture but for instance you are only experiencing the red band if mm. you will mm. and there's orange yellow green blue yeah you know, like yeah. and that's that's sort of the disservice you do to yourself when you only base your entire identity on that physical label that you receive. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of unnecessary kind of infighting happens or animosity between mm -hmm. groups. Um, not just because of preconceived ideas, but because of some people. And I think it's also dependent on your personality type. But if I understand correctly, there should be a willingness to cross over mm. you know from Marvel to DC or whatever yeah. like you, you need to talk to some drag queens you know yes. half of them won't even bite you um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's more out there in the community and at the end of the day what pride is all about specifically is pulling together mm. you know not to have that one's running with a red flag and a blue flag and a green it's the mm. rainbow flag for all yeah you know? so yeah I think that's why it's good to have discussions like this so that people can can know what kind of personalities are out there and mm. what to be careful of, especially when people are younger and entering the scene. You know, sometimes you you speak to all the wrong people first, yes, and they paint a picture of the community which is not accurate necessarily. Mm. And then you start, you know, removing yourself from certain circles because you heard something. And yes. you know, I'm very much a try it once kind of person. Mm. You know, mm. like like go check it out and, and see if it's even true. Maybe try it twice. You know. Yeah. Um, and, and again like to stress on the whole intersectional part of it is, is don't forget that every human being on this planet is an individual with their own experiences mm. and biases and stuff like that and no matter what grouping of people that you're going to be in there will always be politics of some kind there will always be people out there to spread rumors or out there to um achieve their own goals selfishly at expense of inclusivity and being together yeah so it is it is very much a thing of you have to push yourself out there you have to push yourself to meet other people um otherwise man your worldview just becomes a little laser beam instead of yeah, a, so a floodlight yeah. yeah and you have less fun mm. i mean it's life um you need to experience the fullness of it uh, even in subcultures. Yeah. I need to clear this up. 
um, before I forget, because I wanted to do this in the first episode, especially because it's about labels and lingo. The reason why I went with LGBTQ plus South Africa, um, because you know how it is, people feel like they should all be represented. And this is the problem. People get, they, they feel bad if someone says lesbian. It's like, okay, but I'm not that kind of lesbian. Mm. <clears throat> you know, like, I'm not the, the one on the Harley. Yes. But I'm also not the one who looks like I fell out of a porno magazine, you know? Yes. And, and then you need to, like, have a new letter for the lesbians that are not the L, mm. you know? Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I appreciate that. I know that people people want to feel recognized, people want to feel that they are thought of. So my approach in, in choosing the way that I named the podcast, LGBT is the original, it's the most familiar, mm. it's been with us for decades. So people generally, if you say LGBT, they already know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I don't want anyone to think that I am not thinking of them, you know, mm. whether it's transsexual or intersex or uh, pansexuals. So the Q, which I know some people reckon is questioning, but a lot of people reckon is queer, mm. to me is like a nice umbrella term. Mm. Um, and again, there we go with the, with the lingo and, and what does it mean? I was at a book sale not too long ago and this old guy came to me and he pointed out a, a book that said LGBTIQ plus something. Mm. And he was like, what does that stand for? And I told him, well, you know, it's gay, lesbian, the whole thing. Mm. And when I got to queer, the guy was like, oh my, like I just sworn. Because mm. he's like, but isn't that a word that they don't like? Isn't that, you mm. know, like mm. insulting? And there we go again with the lingo. Like who's allowed to use it? Who's mm. not allowed to use it? Mm. Like I think sometimes people can be hurt by labels. If you know a bear is a bigger person, often mm. fat and mm. hairy, you mm. know. Now I love that in a man. Mm. but not everyone wants to be seen that way. Yeah. So if someone feels like, I don't want to identify as a bear, I am just a gay guy, or a bisexual yeah. guy, or whatever, mm. and you go like, hey, sexy bear, mm. they might feel like, oh, so you're calling me fat and hairy, or yeah, just yeah. fat, you know? So it's important, I think, again, to have the conversation. Speak to people, see who do they feel they are, and then respect that, yeah. the other thing. You know, which is a line I struggled with sometimes with definitions of certain things, because I'm like, no. You are wrong. This is what it is. Yes. Okay. But you can't approach life that way. You like can't. people have different backgrounds, different um, experiences of things. You know. So I felt with the LGBTQ plus, uh, everyone should feel included, and it doesn't become a tongue twister every time I need to say it when we do a recording. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the, the the thoughts on that. But with regards to to lingo and who uses it, and, and how do you feel about it in the workplace? Like I had this thing being being bisexual and, and, and being, you know, kind of like your average cisgender male, mm. you can't see. First of all, how do you see someone's bisexual? Yeah. Secondly, not every gay person is obviously gay mm. or queer or, you know, however you want to put it. Sometimes I feel I'm walking, um, I'll, I'll be walking in a shopping center and I'll see someone and I can see, okay, this is family, you know? Mm. Sometimes it's more obvious than others. Yeah, your spidey sense tingles. And I feel like I want to start a conversation. I want to be noticed. I want them to know, listen, I see you. I'm okay with you holding your same gender partner's hand, mm. you know, whatever your orientations are. Um, I think that's, that's ballsy in this environment where I'm standing currently. 
yeah. but then how do you do that yeah you know I don't want to be the hey girl hey mm. guy um, but when you listen to people in conversation at the workplace for instance you can sometimes pick up on things mm. so the question that, that came to my mind is things that that, that made gay culture more popular like um, RuPaul's Drag Race mm. you know some straight people I know watch it because it's very entertaining and they start to appreciate the art of drag um, but then they start throwing the lingo out there like mm. they're throwing the shade and they want the tea yeah. you know do you feel that that is is okay for them to appropriate that um, because they're doing it respectfully they're not doing it mockingly yeah. or do you feel like no you're causing confusion and you're going to invite people to come on to you that you probably don't want to come on to you mm. like where's where's the line into you know um, accommodating people that are not part of the culture and just being selfish with our culture yeah uh, yes that's that is definitely a difficult one for me because in my experience um, <laughs> I've, I've had straight people um, and allies alike uh, use the terminology and literally from person to person it goes from I feel I get like this warm feeling of like this person understands um, they feel included and then yet, in a completely different setting with a completely different person, they use it. And I really get like this uncomfortable cringe like up my back. There's, there's just something in, in the terms of your understanding of the lingo and how you express it vocally that tells me, or how I perceive it to be, that this person gets how this word is used in the linguistics and, and understands the history and the culture behind it versus, oh, this person is saying this to be cool mm. <laughs> like, mm. or, or to sound, you know, they want to be part of the secret club. Yeah. And it's like, if you think it's a secret club, then you're already on the wrong start. <laughs> yeah. We're just people, man. Yeah, we didn't pay membership fees to be like this. We are just like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there are some words that you just stay away from, specifically if you're not in the culture. You know, um, a while ago someone tried to reappropriate the word fag or faggot. Yeah. You know, and I know how reappropriation works, and it and it you know it disarms that word for the community. Mm. The problem is it's got such a history. You're mm. not going to do that overnight. Like it's not just going to happen. And secondly. Even like the word morphine in South Africa, like mm. I think everyone knows it. Yeah. You know, it is it is not a respectful term. It's yeah. a negative word. So nothing wrong with people in the community going, "Hey, morphine, come and sit down here next to us." Yeah. You know, like that's cool. Mm. But no one outside of the community gets to do that. Mm. You know, because of the history and the and the, the pain associated with the word. Yeah. Um, and people need to respect that. But again, it needs to be an open channel of communication and education yeah. for people to know, you know, what what can be harmful and what is what is okay. Yeah, no, I must say, I, I've had personal experience with faggot. Um, I actually did a performance at this particular gay bar in Pretoria. <laughs> um, I remember it was quite a while back. And... My whole intention with the performance was I wanted to be like those um, those edgy drag queens that just you know say whatever's on their mind and then the crowd cheers. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't in drag; I was just in my normal boy clothes. And I, I guess 
I just didn't read as gay enough or something. But I remember I, I came out onto the stage and I said over the microphone, I was like, how are all you fags doing today? Mm. And I was expecting like applause and like a woo, you know, yeah, we're all fags. Yeah. And there was a marked silence and I could actually hear people expressing sounds of, of um, distaste or uncomfortableness. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's, it's such a weird thing because for me, in my psyche, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've been called the word more than once yeah. um, and I've been bullied in high school endlessly. And and you're not even like an obviously no. gay guy. Well, I mean, that's, that's because of that bullying. Oh, um, okay. I remember specific, like, one that specifically stuck with me. I was walking back from high school. Um, again, I was living in Whitbank, which is this hardcore mining town. People stabbed each other with screwdrivers if you looked at them <laughs> wrong type of thing. And mm. I'm, I'm not even joking. And I'd be, I was walking home. I was 14. You know, it's that awkward stage. And really just... I felt powerless already to start with because I came out at a young age and people knew... And basically, I was, for all intents and purposes, alone. Because the 90s, not many people stuck together in solidarity. It's a lot easier for the youth nowadays. But back then, and I was walking home from school, and there was this guy, and he was like, Hey, fat! And, like, he had a group of friends. Mm -hmm. So it's not a thing of, like, you stand up to him, and you punch him, and you'll be all right. It's sort of a thing of... He would get all his buddies to basically beat me to within an inch of my life. And he was like, hey, faggot. And I didn't answer and I carried on walking away. And he was like, and he even walks like a faggot. And it just, it just stuck with me. Mm. And ever since then, um, my, the way I tried to present myself it, it comes from a place of survival. Mm. So I try to walk like a dude, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and I try to present as quite as masculine as possible, which has also brought its own problems. Mm. Um, many straight people are comfortable with an overly flamboyant gay man because it fits their idea of what it is. Uh, the Will and Grace thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they, f- they find to be best friends with the gay hairdresser. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they'll they even playfully flirt and all that stuff. But I, I get this sort of, like, you, you don't... You don't fit what I think a gay man is supposed to be like. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it becomes this distrust. It's this... Um, there's always this awkwardness and everything even like when you're trying to make jokes it gets mistaken for um I don't know hitting on them or something like that and it's honestly not my intention but it's getting better it's much better now especially the last 10 years Mm -hmm. um people are a lot more relaxed I think it has a lot to do with representation on TV yeah no the media plays plays a big role I mean we know here still to this day every time there's like a gay contestant on a dating show or there's a a same gender kiss in a, mm. in a in a soapy type show there's like big social media outcry and the church is getting involved and all of those things mm. but it needs to happen because mm. the conversations need to happen 
I think a lot of a lot of what we're struggling with today still is because of being forced to hide away in the eighties. Meant to that, you know? yeah. I mean, I once heard um, someone say that that a friend of theirs came out as gay, and they don't have a problem. You know, when conversations start with that, like mm. I don't have a problem with gays, but yeah, <laughs> okay. So he's like, I don't have a problem with gays, but when he came out, it's like he changed. He became a different person. He was making the like the rudest jokes, mm. and you know he became like so like flappy, and you know his, his way of dressing changed. And I told this guy, "Hang on, think about it though. Did he change completely, mm. or was he finally himself? Yeah, maybe he's wanted to dress like that all along. He's wanted to talk like that all along, mm. but because school and his family, and at one stage his uh, his wife." You know, it, it was not acceptable. And mm. you kind of like weigh up those options. Am I going to cause the drama that will be caused? Um, or am I just going to try and live this life that to is expected of everyone me? else? Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that's that's a problem that is taken a long time to, to get better. Um, and I think people that are of the older generation who were 20, 30-somethings in the 80s, you know, they, they see a, a culture that they never knew back then. Mm. You know, they didn't have those freedoms and those liberties. Um, but it's important to to keep at it, because as much as we want to to think that, you know, especially in South Africa, we've got like great um, equal rights policies in the workplace and you know in government, uh, gay marriage is legal, but there's still a culture against it. Mm. You know, like yes, your document when you start working at this company might say. There will be no discrimination based on sexual orientation or religion or race or anything. They can say that. Yeah. But you'll find that colleague that is not okay with something about you and will make it known at some stage. Yeah. You know, and, and that's when the problem comes in with that needs to be addressed. It mm. can't be just swept under the rug, mm. you know, because on paper we're a good enough company or whatever. I mean, even now, in the last two weeks in South Africa, we've had violence and murders of gay people yeah you know people end other people's lives because of their sexual orientation mm. that's you know <laughs> it's so it's just not cool it's just not no. right in any way whatsoever so i don't want this to end on a downer but that need, needed to be said and that's yes. out there um so i'm going to ask you with lingos and labels mm. we'll end it off with you talking like a gay what does a gay talk like God, <laughs> I can't even. Oh, that's such a troublesome question. Um, but that's also a limitation because of labels. Mm. I feel it. Okay, I feel like if I have a conversation with someone that's a bit more campy and you know, mm. and, and you feel comfortable enough to joke along, and you know, mm. then you then you have to catch yourself because like, hey, hang on, I'm not gay. I'm bi, and I'm a bear. Bears don't talk like that. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, so it's an interesting thing, you know. No, it, it, oh. Yeah, I can't even begin to. I guess I talk like a gay because I'm gay and yeah. I, and I speak, but I do know there are definitely there's definitely a, a tonality and a <laughs> and a lexicon that comes with it. Um, but that's also purely because of the stuff that we are exposed to. We mm. South African, especially gay South Africans, we have um, access to gay, which um, it 
came into popularity in the 70s and 80s between um, flight attendants to you know be able to speak openly um, but still in code type of thing yeah. and it has definitely lost its popularity because the need for it isn't there anymore mm. um, but there are some things for me that I would like to keep the words in the lexicon Nora is always a good one um, coming from the good old fashioned girl from the 80s uh, for someone who's um, either an idiot or like I also use it for when someone is um, being like grumpy uh, they're being Nora because it sounds a lot like Norse but mm. I, I've got a feeling like I'm the only person who, <laughs> who does that Norse, let's clarify the Afrikaans word for grumpy yeah. not Norwegians Yes. Vikings. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We do need to clarify for that. Um, geez, I also like um, ashes, but ashes is also more theatre lingo that's sort of combined with Gale. Mm-hmm. Um, but ashes you use in the sense of when someone is completely done or over it, or they are not a fan of what you've done or mm. something like that, then you say, ooh, Yeros has no buyer ashes for me. <laughs> like, she's completely ashes for me. Yeah. Um, so th- those are two of my favorites. But yeah, having, having a vocabulary, um, language and culture are just two facets of the human psyche that are interlinked. You can't have one without the other. Mm. And although I, I appreciate people enjoying the words that we use and all that stuff um, it's also important that we need to keep that alive within ourselves Mm. because we are not in a reality yet where we are 100% safe and sometimes just knowing some of the vocabulary can help you feel safer for instance in an unknown context Um, I've been in many situations where I feel like I'm the only gay in the room and then, luckily, I'll hear somebody use words like Nora or Ashes or stuff like that. And it immediately puts me at ease because then I know I'm not alone in that setting. And knowing stuff like that can, not to sound too dramatic, can probably save your life mm. in some instances. Yes, it's, a, it's an identifier when, when you choose it to be one. Like, I'm sure the person who initiates it kind of puts feelers out there to see who who mm. responds to that, who knows what I'm on about. I also feel like um, even though we've come a far way with, with equality, we we shouldn't lose words. I mean, my experience, I don't know Nora. Mm. That term is, is, is foreign to me. Um, because of being bisexual and, and, and being in relationship with, with women most of my life and not being part of the, the LGBTQ plus community, um, until you know, I was already in my mid-twenties um, I obviously have a different idea of what lingo was at certain times and how it was used but I think it's important that we keep that alive because it, it, it's part of what makes us unique and what makes us fun mm. you know, like everyone wants to have their own jargon so that you, you feel part of the community it's a, it's a, it's a binding kind of thing um, and especially in the, the South African context I mean, Gail is a specifically linguistically unique vocabulary that evolved in South Africa. Um, these words that we have, like Betty Bangles for the police or um, 
forgive me, but uh, Auntie Aida for AIDS, that's probably one that's going to fall out yeah. just because it's not something fun to make fun of. Yeah. Um, but I think at the same time, it's it's it used to be when, when the situation was so dire without any kind of medication, um, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. When, when we Human. make light of something, um, we tend to not you know feel that darkness of it so much mm. um, which doesn't mean we have to be dismissive of it and and you know kind of neglect the responsibility um, actually her I mean with the coronavirus there's a there's some names for um, mm. the coronavirus that is complex. I can't remember what it is now someone said the other day um, but I mean that's just yeah, I, again, I, I should of, imagine it'd be like Carol or something. Yeah, you know, something like that. Auntie Carol. It's always an auntie. It's always an uh, auntie. If it's, if it's, it's bad, a it's, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's something as well. Grant, wrapping this up, is there any kind of um, opinions or final thoughts on labels and lingo? Um, I think my biggest uh, suggestion or. or advice I would give to people especially the younger crowd that's coming into these cultures is just remember that this is a part of who you are it's not a hundred percent who you are labels should be used to find safe spaces or um, people with similar shared experiences but there should be a starting point um, and no one should just be forced to be friends with everyone just because you're all bears, for instance. So it's unrealistic. We know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that we doesn't the happen. hard way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, use labels as a departure point, but don't don't get stuck on them. Don't don't let it dominate your conversation. You're doing yourself a disservice. Mm. Yeah. For me, final thought is it's about um, respect. You know, for yourself and for other people. Uh, if someone feels comfortable being labelled whatever, then that's cool. If they don't, then respect that, and then don't insist that they should be labelled that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it seems obvious to you that they are, maybe they're not in the mature enough space to admit that they are bisexual or gay or a bear. Yes, I'm fat or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, bear doesn't always mean fat. I should stop saying that. It's just yeah. my definition. You know, yes. of what a bear is 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 more physical thing but for some other people it's a mindset it's got nothing to do with your physical shape it's more with how you carry yourself um, you know in conversation and confidence and and other characteristics Um, but yeah we'll get into that later Grant thank you very much thank you for having me great pleasure see you soon stay safe everyone